So for all of us working in health and social care, the last 18 months, let's face it, the stress has been relentless, especially for our colleagues on the front line. And we know that so many of them, they devote their lives to caring for others, but sometimes um, they're not so good um, at reaching out when they need support themselves. So I'm delighted today to be joined by Sinead Hannan, who is a consultant clinical psychologist with the Trust. Sinead, you are very welcome. Thank you very much. Tell us, Sinead, a wee bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do in the Trust? So I'm well, the lead for the paediatric psychology within the Trust. We're quite a new service. Um, our service was just set up from November 19. So we were just starting to set up our service when kind of COVID came along um, and that kind of switched kind of the concentration on what we wanted. We, um, with a series of meetings within the psychology department, we um, joined to look at setting up staff support service because we felt that that was very important um, given the information that was coming out of China and Italy at the time. Mm -hmm. um, we felt that staff well-being was a priority. So quite a lot of our kind of resources and capacity went into um, setting up that service. And what a needed service that has been. I mean, what, what is the difference between what are staff saying to you now, 18 months down the line, compared with what they said maybe in those very early days? Well, I suppose in the early days, I suppose really the first thing is we need to, which is important to consider, is that staff came into um, the pandemic um, overstretched lots of demands on services so kind of as a healthcare work working service overall um, it, it has been it has been difficult so a lot of pressures um, in general and then kind of the pandemic came along but as the start of it a lot of people and a lot of services all, all across the trust um, no matter what service or what level all kind of gathered together, just like I suppose the public did, every, everyone did kind of gather together, put a lot of energy into kind of how do we manage this with the idea that within a few months it would be over. Um, so a lot of energy and a lot of resources went into it. Um, but also at that time, there was a lot of difficult experiences that staff had to cope with in terms of working with the pressures of contracting COVID, maybe bringing it home to families, the fear of getting it themselves. Um, there was the fears at the time around the lack of PPE and the quality of PPE that was across the world, those fears were, um, as well as dealing with um, very, very sick people and a lot of deaths as well from patients. Um, so it was a very difficult time, but staff did amazing um, and put a huge amount of themselves into putting the patients first. Um, and even kind of non-frontline staff, that was the view ultimately was we're doing this um, for the care of our public within the trust. So we would have seen, we would have um, delivered a lot, a lot of services into kind of frontline services, but we would have seen a lot more uptake of our services after, particularly after the first surge. Um, and some was that, some of the reasons for that is then was the time that staff felt that they could come to us and, and talk about their experiences, um, sort of as the, we felt that the kind of emotional wave was matching the pandemic wave. So as the numbers were going down, sometimes the emotional wave was going up because people were beginning to realize how much it had hit them. 
Um, then when we went through kind of the second wave, I suppose I see second wave has been kind of the summer period. It was a smaller wave, but people were still quite hopeful that that would be kind of the last wave. But then um, kind of more tiredness and exhaustion um, was setting in because people weren't getting things like maybe rest and restore through their holidays and those kind of things that are natural kind of resources for looking forward to um, didn't really happen over the summer. And then, of course, kind of November, December time, we hit another huge wave and that wave was very, very different. And I think at that stage, staff, it really was hitting staff that this we were in this for the longer term. Um, and one of the things that we noticed within staff support is those strategies that people were using to cope with that short term um, kind of burst of let's deal with this. This is a short term kind of event. We were staff are still using that um, and that's a kind of short term kind of fight or flight response that was never meant to be used for the long term. So I suppose what we're doing is we're heading into more of that chronic kind of response um, system and um, what staff are now feeling very much, particularly from that kind of December wave, but particularly at the moment in the last wave that we had is like just exhaustion. Um, a lot of feeling of exhaustion, but a lot of other emotions as well um, in terms of kind of, I suppose, disillusionment is an emotion that comes to mind. Maybe some people feeling angry, maybe some people feeling um, maybe still scared that this is how long is this going on for? And I suppose a lot of these emotions come through with, you know, as, as humans, we love routine and kind of rituals and all those things are important and so much of those we can't do. So we're living through a moment of uncertainty and I suppose there has been no kind of light, I suppose at the end of the tunnel, we can't predict that. And because of that, um, we're, we're constantly living in through that uncertainty and through that threat all the time. Sinead, we all remember, um, gosh, the strain of, of last winter right through into the new year was one I don't think I don't think any of us will ever forget it but here we are again in the autumn and looking ahead to those winter months again and with all of the challenges that we we normally face without a pandemic on top of it are staff speaking to you about this is there are people more confident going into this winter I know we've got all the plans in place or is there that level because of the uncertainty do you is that what staff are talking to you about now I suppose one of the things that staff, I think there's a lot more worry about coming into this winter and we've already seen it. We've already seen the demands at the end of the summer there into the beginning to September. We've already seen an increase in demands, which has been unusual. Um, usually the summer has been more of a period that you can get a bit of kind of downtime. Um, so staff are worried, staff are worried now that we're coming into the flu season and the impact of any respiratory conditions uh, as well as on top of COVID. And I suppose they see last winter um, as being different because not only with um, regards to all the measures that were in place, but kind of the, public's, the public was there in support. But now that we're not, you know, lockdowns aren't in place, the same measures aren't maybe being followed in terms of um, rules and restrictions and kind of PPE. Um, staff are very worried about um, the flu and what that will mean on top of the COVID um, surges. 
certainly that's something that they do say a lot there's that disconnect between what's happening in the outside world and, and what they're feeling the minute they step into to the work environments we're still dealing with that high level of, of, of stress I suppose the other thing that Shanita wanted to ask you about was one of the other issues that staff have been dealing with is actually shortages staff shortages and mm -hmm. um, with many you know a lot of high levels of absences whether that's COVID or non-COVID related over the recent weeks and months and maybe the, those folk who are on the front line going in to do their their job find themselves without the usual or normative staffing levels of support around them how do you support somebody in, that finds themselves in that situation I suppose one of the things I suppose for us it's always about acknowledging the situation that they're in you know, it is a very difficult situation. It's difficult for staff. It's difficult for managers, particularly because the staff aren't there. No matter how much managers try to get, the staff may not be there. So it is about how do you deal with that situation at that moment in time? Um, one of the things that we've noticed is sometimes even things like staff aren't even getting the full benefit of things like breaks because they're worried about their team members um, that they've left behind or the same thing when at weekends or when they're off um, shift. So for us, a lot of those worries are constant for staff. Um, and one of the ways that we look at um, to try and to cope with that is to pull your mind back. If you're noticing where your first of all is to notice where your mind is going, because those are things you can't control. And it's about pulling pulling your mind back to what you can control and all you can control is in that moment in time. So for example, if you're out and you're having a break and you're having your lunch is pull your mind back into that lunch. Maybe pull your mind back if you're with a colleague into, you know, maybe having some humor or enjoyment that you're having with your colleague or even something simple as in the enjoyment of that lunch at that point in time. It's, it's really interesting you say that I was I was speaking to there's actually a couple of colleagues who have described exactly that situation um where they maybe are the team leader in a particular ward or facility and they've got colleagues who are with them maybe they've been redeployed or they're relatively new into that post but the one thing they're saying is they almost feel guilty if they try and step outside or take that break that they know they need mm -hmm. is is there anything or advice that you would have for somebody who just doesn't even feel they can step out to take that moment. I suppose what we, as a health service, we're very good at giving care out to others. That's part and part of what's important to and why we're doing the jobs that we do. But in order to care for others, you do need to care for yourself. And I know a lot of people can be quite um, think about maybe self care as being either indulgent or it's a weakness, and you should be able to cope and you should be able to keep going. But it is one of those things that it is about the more you, you care for yourself and take those moments for yourself, the better you're able to care, both be there for your team members as supports, be there for, if you're a leader, be there for your team as a leader, but ultimately to be there for your patients. I think that's really, um, really important advice, Sinead, because thinking, especially of the numbers of staff, because of the situation we find ourselves in, who have been redeployed, and so they're not they're not only dealing with that level of of stress that we all have just with with the pandemic and all the other workload but the fact that they're doing so in a completely different or alien environment mm -hmm. uh, is that similar advice then for for colleagues who find themselves in that situation yeah i suppose for kind of redeployed staff we've been on quite a lot of support for redeployed staff um because we felt that that was an area that we needed to target because they are going into 
maybe an environment that they don't know with colleagues they don't know maybe even use skills that they haven't used in a long time or skills they learned just recently um so i suppose it is a, a, around kind of thinking about what they need in the, in that moment but one of the things that is is around um and i suppose it's thinking about how redeployed staff how to manage that process in terms of making sure redeployed staff are seen as um, valuable, they have a specific work that they need to do, they're linked in in terms of kind of that buddy system. Um, but also importantly, they're also linked in with the team that they came from as well, so that there isn't that kind of isolation whenever they're working with COVID. I suppose one of the things that we do think about and kind of going back to that point about um, self-care, because a lot of people think self-care is things you do outside of work you know, kind of the bigger things, maybe going for walks or going to the gym or those kind of things. But I suppose what we're focusing on is what are those micro moments that people can do within within work that will just shift their system into what we call the green zone, into getting more balance between maybe the threat-based system versus the calming, soothing system. So even if a micro moment, you can take your mind away from where it's heading to in terms of that those anxiety, stress, or those kind of emotions, and think about, well, what do I need in this moment in time and what can I do? Um, and asking for help and support is really important. It's just, just as you're speaking, Sinead, it's taken me to that, you know, the scenario where we've had staff dealing with levels of sickness, illness, and tragically death on a scale that they've never seen before. And you know, I can never even begin to understand the level of trauma that they are going through, in addition to the, the patients or clients they're looking after, thinking, you know, those who, you know, per, um, family members whose loved ones are in with us and they can't visit them, and it's up to that member of staff to be the link between the two. They're maybe bringing devastating news, heartbreaking news, very difficult news that must have an impact on them. And then they have to set that phone down and go straight back on to whatever ward or where, wherever they've been and just pick it up again. Is that where that micro moment that you're describing comes into play? How, how do they make that work? I suppose it is because very much, you know, going from one activity to another, particularly if, if that conversation has been very distressing and it can be distressing for a number of ways um, because they're also picturing the family and the impact of what they're saying. And one of the biggest things that staff would have talked about that COVID has taken away is that human connection. So the rituals that they used to do in terms of care, particularly um, kind of frontline staff, has they can no longer do that because it's all been done virtually. So there isn't that human, but it's also difficult to think about how do you make that connection when you're not also seeing somebody in front of you. Um, and I suppose one of the things is in teams as well that can happen where there can be the disconnection that is a result of PPE or, or you know, maybe not working as closely together. So I suppose it's about finding ways to get that connection back again. So in that moment, maybe, you know, connecting with somebody, um, somebody that you feel is a good support, maybe talking to them about what has happened or taking that moment to just think about the the, what has occurred, the feeling that you're experiencing um, before you move on to the next, the next. Um, but if you can't do that, making sure that that's there at some point before you go home, that you are again connecting. It's the team support 
connection, I think that will get us through the next into, I suppose, our, our new normal um, going forward. I suppose we've heard that quite a bit during the pandemic, we're all in this together. That whole solidarity piece, is that a thing, Sinead? Is, is that what you're describing, that support from our, our colleagues and our friends and our family? Is, is that play a hugely important role now to, to get us through this back to the new norm, as you say? Absolutely. And I think what we need to do is to work towards how do we build that again? Um, how do we get those connections? Um, and, and, and connection, I don't mean just talking about kind of difficult experience. I mean, also sharing good experiences, sharing fun time, the humor, the thing that connects a team together. Um, because I suppose, you know, as humans, it's one of our basic needs. One basic need is safety, but the other is connection. Um, so it's that team support and that's the team support. And when I think of team support, I also think about the whole wider organization as well. So kind of teams at all kind of levels and how do we support each other to get through, but also how do we kind of kind of redefine what will be our new normal as opposed to it being defining us. So thinking about, well, how do we want to move forward into the future? Um, so things are difficult now, but can we at the same time do things, think about well, what are the things that we want to keep that have changed as a result of this pandemic, but what are the things that we would like to change even from thinking about the past and kind of going forward? So yeah, that team connection I think is vital. I think, I think that's really good advice. Anybody listening to this on the podcast or watching this video, we're all part of a team somewhere in the trust. So if, if we all, as a, on the back of this, do something that helps our team reconnect. Certainly that'll have, have helped. Tell me, um, last few takeaways, Sinead, what else, final advice, would you give to colleagues that will really help to reduce their stress levels and really sustain that feeling of well-being? I suppose one of kind of the things that come, it's very difficult to um, kind of give advice because everybody is very different and what works for one person doesn't work for another. But I suppose three kind of themes that come to mind more are one would be awareness um, because we can't, things can't be different unless we first become aware. So for staff, I, I think checking in both with yourselves where you're at and answering that question of what do I need right now, but also for teams doing that as a team, peer to peer support or team support and for leaders as well. And I think it goes up, it goes from top down as well it's that even from senior management being aware of what's going on at the moment that COVID is still impacting on staff and the experiences that staff have been through um, another thing well is around that connection piece um, and not just connection with each other but connection with yourself as well in terms of what you can do in terms of to meet your own needs um, and also in terms of you know that kind of being people being, being visible and more present, kind of again from kind of top down, is just that idea of um, more, I think we need more face-to-face -face connection. Or how do you, in, in the virtual world, how do you connect more that it isn't just about business? How do we get more of that social connection um, into the business end of things? Um, the last thing I suppose that comes to mind is really appreciation. Because um, we've been through such a difficult period of time staff have done amazingly and I think we do need to take moments to appreciate both as a trust of what we've done as a trust um, but also 
as teams and again as individuals. Um, so there's the bigger, wider piece of appreciation, but there's also the day-to-day -day appreciation, particularly if um, staff are going through a very difficult day, is maybe take a moment to think about, well, what, what was it that I am grateful for today? What was it that I'm grateful for from my colleagues? What was it that I'm grateful for that I was able to provide my colleagues as well? So I suppose it's starting at the individual, but it's about the whole wider system as well in terms of awareness, connection and appreciation. Such important advice for all of us. Sinead Hannan, thank you very much. Thank you.